everybody. Welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's Minor League Podcast. And this week is a special episode. I'm not joined by my usual co-hosts of Lucas, Ken, or Thomas, but I'm actually joined by a name that I think most of you should be familiar with. He is a former Mets prospect. He is currently an outfielder on the Israeli national team. And he is the founder of More Than Baseball, which we'll talk about in a little more detail in a little bit. Jeremy Wolf. Jeremy, thanks for coming on. Uh, how are you doing? Good, good. Thank you for having me. All right. So first off, um, growing up, who was your favorite team? And I think our listeners might like the answer to this one. I grew up a diehard Mets fan. Excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah. So playing for them was uh, it was a real dream come true. Who was your favorite player? David Wright. David Wright was my Derek Jeter. Um, I got to meet David Wright only once. I was playing in the uh, spring training stadium as in spring training, and it was like my, you know, the lower minor league team. Syndergaard's pitching. I was like, man, this is amazing, right? Tim Tebow's in right field, I think. This is crazy, right? So then I go to the bathroom, and I walk out of the bathroom, and David Wright's right there, and I just, everything hit me in one moment. <laughs> I, like, I can't, I can't believe, it. I can't believe that this is actually happening. Yeah, it was great. Well, you definitely deserved it because in college you went to Trinity University and in your last year there you hit 408, 508, 471. You won a bunch of awards. Uh, the team set a record of 44 wins. You guys won the championship. So what memories do you have from that year? I got to play, I got to play baseball. 50 games, I think, was that season. I think we went like 44 and 6, 44 and 7 or something like that uh, with my best friends. I know everybody says I got to play with my best friends. It was the best time of my life. It was – I got to play baseball with my best friends. Every every game, every day of practice was just unbelievably fun. And my coach, Coach Scannell, the great Tim Scannell, allowed us to have fun. He let the team be the team. He let personality come out. He let uh, He let us be us, a group of 14 seniors who had been together for four years who had been at the championship at the College World Series in, in Appleton the year before. Uh, and we had lost the year before in the semifinals to SUNY Cortland. Uh, I think something like that. Some some you know, some SUNY school. And uh we're on the bus getting ready to go back to the hotel after that we lost in the semis and uh it, it was like we're gonna come back next year and we're gonna win. There was no question. There was no question in our mind about us going and 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 winning. Um, so that whole next year was just the culmination of four years of hard work. And, um, it was the most fun I ever had playing baseball. And we're still, uh, that whole senior group, 14 of us still talk every day. Like it was, we all lived together at the time and now we, and so it, it really was something special. And everybody around that team will tell you, uh, parents and fans and whoever will tell you how special it was too. All right, so not long after you guys won, uh, the Mets selected you in the 2016 draft. And how did it feel to hear your name called? I don't want to, you know, sugarcoat and idealize too much the minor leagues. It's tough. We'll get into it in a little bit. But how did it feel knowing that all that hard work and everything, it paid off and you were going to be a professional? You know, uh, playing professional baseball was my goal. Getting drafted was my goal, right? I came from my high school in Scottsdale, uh, Sheparal High School, where I only had one 
uh, college even interested in me. It was Trinity. It was a Division three school I'd never heard of before. And they're like, hey, you know, in four years we're going to – he told me, the coach told me, he goes, in four years we're going to win a national championship and we want you to be part of that. And I said yes. And uh, in college I played every game um, <laughs> except for one or two because I didn't know the signs my freshman year. But um, he goes, we're going to win a national championship. And so my goal every day was – you know, what can I do today to get drafted tomorrow? Or what can I do today if a scout's watching? Or what, what can I do right now? Um, and so, you know, I, my senior year was a good year. And it was a good year because I had this goal, right? I had this, this thing that I, I knew I really wanted. I would give every, anything for. And so on draft day, day one, I'm like, okay, okay, first of all, I'm not going to get drafted on day one. Day two, we're like, hey, I had a good year. Maybe something will happen. Day three comes. It's the morning of day three. Uh, I am a nervous wreck. Is my baseball career over? Am I done? It was like five days after we won the national championship. I'm back home. I'm like, what, what do I do? Like, and I just, I, 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 it was the most nervous I'd ever been. It was the most anxious I'd ever been because no one teaches you about that sort of thing. It's just, am I going to get picked today or am I not? And I was at breakfast with my dad and, and some friends and, uh, I get a text from a friend of mine. A really good friend of mine, and uh, he goes, "Congratulations." That was it. That was the text. And I said, "I I started. I read it. and I started crying, crying." And, and I, it was the proudest I'd ever been. Um, my father was right there, and and my mom was somewhere, and she came over, and um, it was. And every everybody who gets drafted will tell you, uh, until you have a child, uh, it's going to be the best moment of your life, right? And so I was incredibly fortunate to have been part of such – we love the Mets, right? We grow up loving the Mets. They kill us and they and they treat us this way and sometimes we're good and sometimes we're bad. It's it's to, be, to have been called by the Mets to congratulations you, New York Mets, is the single greatest moment of my entire life. And I'm so fortunate that it was the Mets. It could have been the Cardinals. Uh, it could have been the Yankees. Uh, it would have been cool if it was, but but – uh, to have my dream come true to play for the team I love the most, um, one of the things I love the most in the world. Uh, it was incredible. It's really, it truly is. Um, it was amazing. And so to go to spring training and and to play, you know, and and wear a Mets uniform in Kingsport and then go to spring training and meet all the guys and uh, ownership knows your name and and you Mookie Wilson's throwing you batting practice and and it's just this incredible ride. Um, and so I just, I, I was so lucky. I don't, it was amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. But that was draft day. So, um, your first stop was Kingsport. You know, I've been there. It's a nice little town. How'd you like playing down there? It's a minor league town. <laughs> you know, and, and we, we lived, you know, players live together. You get to know each other. The Latin guys, you're starting to learn Spanish. Like, um, it, it really was a, it was a cool place to jump into minor league baseball. I had played college summer ball before in the South. I'd been familiar with it. Um, you know, cookout and, you know, the, <laughs> the waffle houses and, you know, those become your friends. Um, and so you become part of this community. The fans come out and see you and, and it's just, I liked, I really did like playing in Kingsport. <laughs> not everybody will agree with me. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the people from Kingsport yeah. listening to this will just be like, Hey, uh, but the kids I met were awesome. Uh, the fans I met are really passionate about that team. It's a short season, happy league team, but they love their Mets. And so, um, 
I thought it was a cool place to jump into minor league baseball. All right, and another cool place to play minor league baseball. 2017, we were promoted to the Cyclones. Now, I'm from Brooklyn. I, I grew up a few stops away from Konyan on the F train, so I'm a little biased, I guess. Uh-huh. But how do you like your time with the Cyclones? Amazing. Amazing. I was an extended, so I was in spring training, right? And then I was an extended. Um, you know, I didn't get to go up to Columbia. I got hurt at the end of the Brooklyn season. Um, and so my time there uh, was was awesome because I my parents grew up, I, my father grew up in New York City. Um, my, my grandpa is a diehard, was a diehard Brooklyn Dodger fan. And then he's like, okay, I guess I'll like the Mets, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so we grew up in this, this Mets household. And so playing in New York City, growing up, you know, going to Brooklyn and, uh, being, knowing what it's like to be in New York, to be able to say I played baseball in New York was, was really cool. And so, uh, the environment was awesome. Being Jewish was awesome. I was number 18. So for those of you Jews out there, number 18 is a very, is a very sacred, special number for Jews. And, uh, they gave me number 18 randomly. Um, and so all of the, the, the little kids would come over and be like, you're Jewish? Like, so am I. And you're number 18. That's so great. Like, I'm going to be number 18 for Little League this year. And I was like, this is, it's cool. It's cool to be part of that, that sort of environment. Um, and so I loved Brooklyn. I didn't love, that there were times where the roller coaster would mess me up when I was hitting. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> at the end of the day, like, it's a really co- 10,000 people and, and it's New York, so they'll boo you. And, uh, Edgardo Alfonso was my manager when I was there. And so it's just, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. So you hurt your back, unfortunately, and that led to your release from the team. And a lot of players, most minor league players, I would say, they kind of fight, they kind of fade away. And reintegrate themselves back into like regular non-baseball lives. But after the Save America's Pastimes Act, uh, excuse me, when Save America's Pastimes Act was passed, you started more than baseball. What was, you know, what was it that lit that spark in you to not go down without a fight and to try to help, you know, secure a better future for your fellow, your, your former teammates and all of the guys that would be coming up in your footsteps? Right, right. It's, it, when I was in minor league baseball, like, it was tough. It's tough because, yeah, you don't get, you don't get paid much. Like, $45 a game, like, short season's making $3,000 per season. You know, AAA guys are making $10,000. You're not paid in spring training. You're not paid in extended spring training. Like, yes, it's a tough life. Um, we understand that. We go into it knowing, uh, what we're signing up for. We're professional baseball players. We understand the struggle. Uh, when I was with the Mets, um, and again, like, incredibly fortunate for the opportunity to put on the jersey and more than baseball is never was never designed to say hey screw you major league baseball you need to fix this it was what can i do today to make it easier for someone to play professional baseball what can i do right now that's going to make it easier for somebody to um to live out their dream right and so there were things that i saw that i knew that when i was done i'd be able to go in and fix and i wish i was able to do it while i was there and so there were times where Hey, I'm a professional baseball player. Let me send an email to somebody and see if they want to send us beef jerky. I don't know, or baseball bats, or um, a glove, or a discount on a glove. Like, how can I use my platform as a professional athlete to maximize um, a my standing in society? How can I leverage that on social media? But also, how can I maximize my performance, given that I'm a professional athlete who isn't making um, 
you know, enough, enough money to be able to be able to focus on my on my playing. And so when I got done, um, you know, there was nothing for players to fall back into. There was no career development. There was no financial guidance. You know, uh, a lot of times players have to find their own housing. Sometimes they have to pay for their own food, equipment. Uh, you know, you have to pay for your own equipment on such a, a low salary. And I said, how can I, how can I fix this? Baseball gave me everything. How can I give back to baseball? Right? How can I do community development projects with other like-minded baseball people who are interested in the same thing? Like, what can I do right now to make baseball a better place? And so building this profit is that, is that thing. It's everything we're doing now to help kids get housing, food, equipment, everything to help get them a mattress, help them sleep better, help them recover better. It's all going to lead to their performance. So we are a tool for player development. And so I can pitch that to the Mets. I can pitch that to Toronto, who we've worked with before, or Oakland, or whoever to say, your minor leaguers, yes, they're not getting paid, but put that aside for a second. Some other things that we can do right now to make their performance come out enhance their performance, to make them develop better as players because that's what the teams want. That's what the coaches want, and that's ultimately what the players want. So, yeah, it's a nonprofit, and we're doing a bunch of really cool things, building a field in the Dominican and doing beach cleanups in Tampa and all of this amazing stuff through the lens of baseball. I also get to say, well, I get to help this kid play better, perform better on mental health coaching. I can help him um, – sleep better at night. I can help get rid of his anxiety. We can work with this player that will ultimately lead to his performance, right? And that's what we want is the best player possible, the best product on the field possible. And so, yes, all of the issues aside, we're doing something to fix this, right? Every single day we're doing something to fix this right now, especially with this coronavirus thing happening. Mm -hmm. Right now to make sure this player has what he needs when the season comes, right? And so that's the... Right now is the combination of everything more than baseball is built is, is this place where players can find relief, right? Can get tools, but it's a place where teams can look to us and say, like, what, what would you suggest? Like, what would you do? Like, how can we build this relationship together where we're developing our athletes more efficiently? So more than baseball is, uh, is a solution to a problem that wasn't going to be fixed without it. So for anyone that's just unfamiliar with more than baseball, you know, at its heart, you know, you, you've discussed at its heart what it is, but what are some of the specifics of it that you, you know, what are some of the specific things that you guys are out there doing? Yeah. We, we enhance and protect the future of baseball. Done. Right. What does that mean? Well, right now I can help get a minor league baseball player get housing, food, equipment, career services, mental health coaching, financial guidance, uh, things that he's currently not um, receiving from the MLBPA or MLB or the teams. Uh, right now, he's he before us, he was on his own, right, for all of these things. We're bringing everything to him, right? Why are we doing that? So that it's easier for him to focus on his playing. Um, you know, we use players as a tool to get into communities to do school visits. Uh, where we go into classrooms and we teach kids, you know, our success. what made us successful? What can I go back and teach uh um, a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old about how to become a professional baseball player or even a, a professional in any sport or in life. Like There are things that I know that can help somebody else. So we're bringing the kids to that. Um, we're building a field in, in Tampa. Um, and so we think we know that with more fields, um, you know, comes the opportunity for kids to play more baseball, right? I'm on Team Israel. 
uh, for the Olympics, and I lived in Israel for six months. Um, there's two fields being built, one outside Tel Aviv and one outside Jerusalem, uh, and we're trying to build a database of equipment to make it easier for kids and families to purchase equipment so where they don't have to deal with um, the import fees, the import taxes, the, the government, uh, you know, holding a shipment. Like we're trying to make it as easy as possible for uh, people around the world to play baseball. Um, and so, you know, our goal, honestly, to work with MLB, MLBPA, the major leaguers, minor leaguers on on making baseball as strong as possible from the level to all the way up through the minor leagues into the major leagues. We're building it for for that sort of community development. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so I want to switch gears a little bit now. Uh, you mentioned you're Jewish. Uh, your dad's Jewish. Your mom's Italian. I'm the opposite. My mom's Jewish. Dad's <laughs> Italian. So growing up was being Jewish, you know, religion, heritage. Was that something that was important to you, or is it just kind of one of those things that was, you know, like no big deal because you know, that was your life. That's how you defined yourself. Heritage, yes. My, you know, my mother's Jewish. Or my mother's Italian, right? And so I grew up with a big Italian family. And my father's Jewish. And I grew up with uh, a Jewish family. Uh, and the families are the same, right? There's an overfeeding grandmother. There's a lot of guilt. It's very loud. <laughs> um, we get that, right? It's. Uh, I grew up with being a Jewish ball player. I was one of them. I'd always been one of them. Um, and so I grew up idolizing Sean Green, right? That was my guy, Ryan Braun, Ian Kinsler. Um, you know, we, 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 you know, when you see a Jewish ball player, you go, that's, that's one of my guys. Like Jewish basketball players, I think it's like Amari converted and it's Jordan Farmar, you know, and Dolph Chase, I guess. So, um, so there is a, it's a community of us. And so, uh, I was always one of the Jewish ball players, right? I was never by mitzvah, but I always had a sense of Jewish identity. Um, and so uh, when I was in high school, like public school in Scottsdale, there were so many Jews at our school that we had public, we had like Passover off from school, right? We had Jewish holidays off. And so uh, I was very, I was one of that, you know, and on varsity, on the varsity team, I think there were like four or five of us who made it that far. And so, um, but I'd always, in college, it was me and my best friend from high school, Austin Singer, who came with me, who was Jewish. And so it was the two of us. And I think it might have been the two, us, uh, two of us at the, at the university, right, in San Antonio, Texas, right? I think it was three or four Jews I can think of off him, like small contingency of us. And so we stick together. In baseball, we stick together. And so now to be part of the team of guys who's Jewish, either Jewish-American or we're all Israeli, like um, really fortunate, really so lucky to be part of something like this, have the opportunity to go get a passport, represent Israel, represent Jewish people, Jewish baseball players like me. And so it's uh, it's really, I never thought it happened. Uh, you know, who, who would have think Team Israel would make the Olympics, right? But here we, but here we are. Yeah, so, you know, given 
everything that's been going on in the world lately, you know, a lot of anti-Semitism is rearing its ugly head and all of that. But how did it feel? How does it feel to put on that uniform and represent Israel, represent Jewish people across the world? You know, the the uniform is is blue and white. Obviously, it's it's got a flag on it. It's got the Star of David on it. We you, you feel this just tremendous sense of pride um, for knowing you've done enough in your career to be to be successful in your sport to be able to represent your people on this stage. I think we're incredibly fortunate that you know Peter Kurz, the director, and Eric Colts would trust us with with that. But um, you know I'm I I carry that with me a lot. When I was in Israel, when I lived with Israel, when I lived in Israel, I was at the time, the only Olympic baseball player to live there. We have four born Israelis on our team. Twenty of us are uh, made Aliyah at one point. But I moved back and lived there, and I got to be, uh, the, I got to see Israel firsthand, right? I got to see what it meant to be Jewish. I got to understand like what it meant uh, to wear that, what it means to wear that jersey. And so we played in Bulgaria, in Pool B. We won Pool B. Uh, we played in Lithuania. We beat Lithuania to get to Pool A. And we were in Germany, about to play Germany, on the anniversary of the massacre at the 72 Olympics. We were, I don't know, a few hours away from Munich um, to be a Jewish Olympic team uh, playing in Germany on the anniversary of of that was, uh, I think we were doing Shabbat dinner at the time, too. And so it was, it was... It's surreal. You don't, you can't write that. You can't write something like that. And so in the moment, it's, oh my God, look how far like we've come and look, look at what we're doing right now. Um, you know, then we beat, we beat Germany. We, we get to Italy and, uh, we qualify for the Olympics. And so to be able to say I'm an Olympian, right? To be in Arizona or be in America and be able to meet Jewish kids and use my platform for, um, what I'm doing is, is, this uh, once in a lifetime. So, you know, despite the success that you guys are having in tournaments in, in Europe and Asia, and despite that kind of that that Cinderella team from the 2017 World Baseball Classic, you know, baseball really isn't that big uh, in Israel. There have been a bunch of attempts, but nothing has really caught on. I know that you mentioned before one of the things that you guys have been doing is trying to build fields there and, you know, help import equipment. But do you have any insights as to, you know, why baseball hasn't really taken root there as opposed to, you know, here where so many Jewish Americans, you know, that is like their identity? Yeah. Uh, Two things. First thing, there's not high quality, consistent talent being able to go. You can't go watch good, consistent talent in Israel. There's a good 18U team. They're really good. 16U, 17U, 18U is really good. Um, but these kids are going off to the Army at 18. Mm. They're not being able to go play college in the United States until after they're done. So they're 20 or 21. And um, there's not good enough consistent competition. They have a good team, but the competition they go and play is in, in Europe and other countries. right? And so when you look at the development of baseball in the Dominican – you can see it because it's the league that people can go watch and see this is what high-quality talent looks like, right? They watch the uh, Major League Baseball on TV. In Israel, there is no access to watching Major League Baseball on television. 
right? Now, most of the players right now in Israel that play are American descent. There are a handful uh, of Israeli-born players who are baseball players, but most of the time they play basketball or soccer. Uh, right now there's one field, there's two fields, one outside of Tel Aviv called Baptist Village. Um, we're trying to build another one in Renata, which is outside of Tel Aviv. Um, and then there's Alone Leichman's uh, Kibbutz, Kibbutz Gezer, has a baseball field on it. And they do a lot of softball tournaments and baseball tournaments there. Uh, and then there was, and there still maybe kind of is, a field in the middle of Tel Aviv uh, at Hayakon Park, right, which is on the north side of Tel Aviv. And uh, I think they're about to pave over it and put Cirque du Soleil there. Right? So when you look at developing baseball in any country, right, there has to be a foundation that will allow athletes to play baseball. So that's number one. Number two is uh, there needs to be better resources of equipment. Right now, the only equipment that baseball players get is leftover equipment from European tournaments. Um, sometimes there are shipments coming in. Um, but there's, from my understanding, there's one, there's one crate in Israel of, of equipment. It's at Baptist Village. Um, you know, and so parents can buy it online, sure, but if it's more affordable to play soccer and baseball, or soccer and basketball, you're gonna go play soccer and basketball. So how can we make baseball in Israel grow? Number one, the Olympics definitely helps, right? They'll see us, they'll see Israeli baseball players on a global stage. We have to make it accessible for them to then play baseball. So Peter Kurz and Ophir Katz and the rest of the IAB are doing an incredible job of getting more people because we're finishing the field and the NF baseball project is is going strong. So once we have two fields, more kids will play because there's more opportunity, right? But I want to be able to make sure that there's consistent talent that they're able to see. And so there was a professional league at one point, right, that folded in 2007. I think it went for one season. Uh, how about instead of professional – Right, we have to pay money, and you got to get money back, and there's got to be investors. How about a college summer league, right, for anybody in college, Jewish or not, right, to come and play good competition baseball, maybe for two months. Think of it as like a birthright. Put the kids up with Israelis who want to house them. They get a taste of the culture. They get to do baseball clinics, right? They get to do, uh, they get to play games four, five, six nights a week. Uh, in the summer in Israel, it's the best time of the year to be there. Uh, sure, it's hot, but suck it up. We'll play at nighter in the morning. Uh, and you get to be part of the culture. What the kids get, they get clinics. They get to be taught by college baseball players. And they get to see really good talent. When there's really good talent right in front of you, it makes you better. Right? And we got to give fans access to watching MLB games. You know? Uh, right now, MLB TV, I think they'll allow you to watch it, but games are at 3, 3 a.m. 7 p.m. games are at 3 a.m. So... More people can watch it. Maybe we put it on TV, uh, a game today on maybe a Yankees game. Maybe give Israel a team. It would be the Mets because everyone's Jewish who likes the Mets. But let's give them the Mets. All Mets games are accessible in the morning. You watch it whenever or it's accessible online. Mets would have a footing in Israel, and they'd be able to build baseball there. Right? And so more than baseball is going to be part of that. We want to be able to grow baseball in Israel and – Use our platform as Olympians to grow baseball in Israel, and, uh, because I think it would do a lot of good. It would do a lot of good for a lot of kids. <laughs> I wasn't a good athlete, right? That's why I didn't play basketball or soccer or football. I just don't play football. But I, uh, I think baseball is the place where 
you know, you can learn a tremendous amount of skills that will help you in life. And, um, you know, giving players, every player, the opportunity to do it is I do what I do. But then also, um, you know, I think it's going to make Israel better. It's going to make Jewish people better because there's more baseball within the culture. So, um, yeah, I hope that happens soon. I hope the Olympics actually have, like, an impact on that, and I think it will. All right, last question, and maybe the most controversial here. Where is the best place to get a slice of pizza? In, in the U.S., not in, in Israel. In the U.S. Oh, okay, well, there's no place in Israel you can get good pizza. So that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in New York City, there's a place on 72nd and 1st called Italian Village. Uh, so maybe it's on 77th in Lexington. I can't remember. Italian village. I, I, I would say Google it, but I'm sure there's like 80 Italian villages. So, uh, maybe I can send you a link to the right one. It's not, it's unbelievable. It's a staple of, uh, of, I think of New York City. Uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona, there's a place called NYPD Pizza. Uh, it's on Scottsdale Road in Shea. Uh, and it is awesome. It's better than New York pizza. I think it's our water that makes it better. There was a rumor that they used to ship in New York water, um, but it, it's 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 tremendous. It's nice and oily. You gotta napkin it a little bit, then they give you the nice cheese and whatever, and you fold it in half, and it's un it's unbelievable. Can I curse? Because it's I just believe me, it's fucking unbelievable, right? Um, I would say that oregano's is really good too for people who are out west, but but yeah, yeah. So. For anyone that has the ability to, if you want to donate, you can head over to morethanbaseball.org. And Jeremy, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. If they want to sponsor a minor league baseball player, they are more than welcome to. Head over to our Twitter or at AdoptMILBPlayer on Twitter, at MTB underscore org if they want to see more. Like, we're trying to build this community. It's more than just, maybe more than just donating. If they want to host a guy, if they want to put on an event, if they want to show how great baseball is in their community, let me know. Like, Email me, JeremyMoreThanBaseball.org. Text me, you know, whatever y'all want. Like we're trying to build, we're trying to build baseball. Jeremy, thanks a lot. Thank you. And that's our show for this week. And if anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from ComplexToQueens at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Rate and review. Thank you, obviously, for listening. And we'll be back next week. And until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets.